0: It's time once again, time for the podcast that makes you say, Oh my God, it's Magnificently Huge! That's right, it's the Magnificently Huge Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at MagHuge or at MagnificentlyHuge.com. You can email us at MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. Tell your friends. Go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, give us good ratings, give us a nice positive review. Then we might have more than two listeners. Today's episode well, you can hear in the background we have Val Kilmer in his film debut. This is from the soundtrack of Top Secret, a film directed by Zucker Abraham Zucker, two brothers and a friend who redefined comedy in the 70s and 80s, and then ruined comedy in the 90s and 2000s. We've come here to do what we always do on Magnificently Huge, we're going to give them a big hug and shit all over them. Now, we did have another technical difficulty this time, about 10 minutes into our recording, Eric just dropped the call, deleted his audio file, and... We had to start over, so we're just going to join our podcast and Meteor Res here. We're going to just pick up from where Eric reconnected, and I think you'll be able to catch up. Enjoy episode nine, Zucker Abraham Zucker.
1: Do we need to start over? Okay, work. Work, you son of a bitch, motherfucker. Okay, so we'll call that a guy God dry damn it! Rundown. Sure. Yeah. Okay, welcome to the podcast. Here's what you missed. Uh, Eric Eric's
0: phone <laughs> dropped out, so... Uh, are you recording now?
1: Yeah, I'm recording now. Okay. Shit. We were just brilliant for like ten minutes, and you missed it all, because... And, um, and you weren't even the first one to do that in our
2: little
0: group. I'm the first one to catch it. <laughs> oh. Touché. <laughs> So, so welcome everybody to uh, The Magnificently Huge Podcast where uh, oftentimes at least two of us are recording at, at once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <so> people <laughs> ask me what this thing is about and I basically say it's uh,
2: three grown men, two of which are idiots. Uh, you decide.
1: We take turns.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I for some reason picked the topic of uh, movies by Zucker Abraham Zucker. I was trying to come up with movies that I had seen enough of that I could speak about intelligently, uh, and I'm already regretting it because it makes me feel old <laughs> and dated. Like now I realize that we're uh, basically a bunch of baby boomers talking about the Three Stooges and Don Rickles or some shit. So oh no. This is going to be it, super irrelevant. It goes much
2: deeper than that, friend. It goes much deeper than that.
0: It makes you feel as old and dated as Hot Shots. Sure, maybe not.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're just warming anyway. up. We're just warming up. Just warm it yeah, up. Yeah,
0: so, so you know, this part of the podcast will be dry and boring because we're actually doing it for the second take here. Uh, so, we usually start out the podcast with what have you been watching this week? So, Chris, what have you been watching this week? Uh, let's see. To recap, I watched Baby Driver. Good soundtrack. Really good Edgar Wright movie. Best movie ever that he's done. Uh, watch it. Better, better still than uh, I really enjoyed The World's End. I like it okay, but uh, it's not my fave. It's got moments. Uh, but Granted, I, I'm a sucker for the Sisters of Mercy, so that might have been. Yeah, blind, it's
2: but. it's I, every time I see it, I I envision you uh, roaming around the movie somehow. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not
0: the loser who's who's trying to ruin all of his, <laughs> no. his no. friends. But okay, uh, so yeah, so I damn, I got to try harder.
2: I uh, I enjoy probably Shaun of the Dead out of his features the most. Maybe Scott Pilgrim second. Uh but Ooh, I didn't
0: like Scott Pilgrim.
1: I still like it. it oh I loved Scott yeah, Pilgrim. But I'd say that's my favorite.
2: But Baby Driver, uh it's I was expecting it to be super flashy because of his his general aesthetic. Uh, but he was really constrained and the thing almost plays like a musical. Um it was really tight and the car chases are
0: fucking awesome. Uh and Kevin I mean I I know it's structured to to be cut to the playlist that he had going on, but does it have the kind of structure like like a movie like World's End or Shaun of the Dead, where everything's set up and paid off? Uh, it is. But and you, I don't know. Since you you're always
2: going on about how you don't watch enough movies, uh, you may not get a lot of like the weird uh, like referential stuff that he does. Because uh, I mean, there's not. like there's like throwbacks to stuff like The Driver with Ryan O'Neal, and then there's like a whole sequence. Uh, tw- at some point where it's like Terminator 2. I mean, he just throws just a shit ton of stuff uh, from other films at it, but he somehow makes it fresh. So it's completely unlike Tarantino, who basically just shoves your face in it like you're a dog sniffing its own poo and goes, look, this is what it is. This is what it is. That's how I feel when I watch a Tarantino (laughs) flick. But Edgar Wright was kind of just, well, you know, if you get it, you get it. But if you don't, it's still a good time. So watch it. Mm -hmm.
0: Nice. Yeah, it's on my list. Haven't made it out to see that because I'm too busy watching uh, mass marketed fluff like Spider-Man.
1: Whee! Uh,
0: which is what I saw this weekend. Um, recommended. Uh, it's much better than the last two. I don't know if it tops the first two Tobey Maguire movies in my book, but Michael Keaton ter- does a really good villain turn in it. There's a there's some actual acting going on. The big thing they do in the new Spider-Man movie that. I was surprised I was okay with they make a lot of fundamental changes to the expected mythos. You know, where where maybe Sam Raimi was uh slavishly, you know, reverential referen- to the to the golden, you know, Stanley Jim Kirby comics. Um, and then the the Mark Webb versions of it were you know, definitely going off of that path, but in a bad way. This one goes off of that path, but somehow you don't mind. It's it still remains true enough to the characters that it works as a Spider-Man film. What I like about what uh, I've read about it is that they they just didn't
2: even bother with the origin story. Uh, Not a bit.
0: Which I
2: I applaud. Uh, that might actually be the first non-sequel uh, superhero movie in the modern uh, era that just didn't bother with that. They just assume well, everybody I mean, knows what it is, and then boom.
0: The Michael Keaton Batman was that way. Um, More or less. But I'm talking Modern Arrow. Incredible
2: I'm quite Hulk. Quite modern era, and I'm talking about uh, since Marvel sort of turned yeah. it into a incredible Hulk.
0: new Western thing.
1: Incredible Hulk. In- incredible yeah, I Hulk.
0: Guess I, I guess so. I'm not sure if there's any ones where the hero is kind of fully formed. Anymore. That was one incredible of Hulk. Heath Ledger's Joker was that he was fully formed.
1: You guys can't hear me, can you? Not very well. Sorry. <laughs> we're just I just said Incredible Hulk like fourteen times, like a child. Incredible Hulk. That's gonna oh. be awesome to hear on the the actual recording. <laughs> yeah. Incredible Hulk, <laughs>
2: guys. No, we're just we're just casually ignoring you. Oh,
1: was that Eric? Yeah, that's... Is I that I, Eric? I oh. suddenly realized, oh, yeah. Oh, that's Eric.
2: <laughs> oh, hey, Eric's here, everybody. Uh-oh. All right, tell us what you saw, Eric, so we can uh, at least uh, make you feel like you're important.
1: Uh, I was supposed to watch that so Billions show, Let's but it looked dumb, it so I just watched channel. a bunch <laughs> of porn. Yeah, like every every time,
2: <laughs> every time Eric talks, we'll just start talking.
1: <laughs> sorry probably just as well that the, the audio quality on this thing is ass it's so loud i gotta whisper so that it doesn't go into the red so what everything you- is horrible <laughs> everything about my life is horrible god damn it <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> This <laughs> is the worst podcast ever. Uh Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm recording a fucking word of this. It's just it's just a lot of loud bangs and uh well, shall we just get into shit. it and then uh just roll from there? Yeah.
0: So let's yeah, let's get into it. Our topic this uh this show is uh, at least the first several movies by Z- Zucker Abraham Zucker. Um at Al. I know eric wanted to talk about
2: their shittier later output too is that correct
1: i want to i want to hit it all i mean but i i i i I think the the subtitles for this episode uh kind of spell out everything i feel about them but the one that comes to mind is the source of all of your dad's worst jokes (laughs) because he's our age and he he's the one who keeps saying things like don't call me Shirley" and and you look at him like what Shirley you can't be serious I am serious, and don't call me Shirley.
2: Well, it's just—it's <laughs> just quotable. That's just the problem. They—they—they uh, they, yeah.
0: they were that. Well, they started with so. Here's the back. Did don't any know. of us see Kentucky Fried Movie as the first Zucker film, or is that a thing that we all kind well, of went here, back and picked up? Well, here's the thing: is uh, they started in Wisconsin
2: as the Kentucky Fried Theater, and it was the three of them. They, and I guess they were like class clowns. Um. Uh, in high school, and then they had like a, th- a a live theater show that they did with skits and things. And then they moved to Los Angeles and put it on, uh, and that's what sort of became the Kentucky Fried Movie was they just scripted bits yeah. that they had already done live um, and got it. And then the weird sideboard on that is that Lorne Michaels apparently went and saw it in like '74 uh, and said he wanted to do that on live TV, and that was sort of the uh, the impetus for him. Sort of getting SNL together, so I haven't I'm, heard that one. Yeah, so I'm I'm like reading all these weird apocryphal tales about Zucker, Abram, Zucker, uh, but the, it everything points to the fact that they they might be Ground Zero for just about every fucking comedy thing that we've uh, we've grown up with, and it was kind of yeah. mind blowing.
1: And they really did break it because if you think of the movies before Airplane, which was of course the breakout, comedies were boring. Comedies weren't funny. They were Neil Simon. You know, they were people being witty, and y- y- it, but, but it, was, it was probably more intelligent, but this yeah. was just, motherfucker, we're going to make you laugh. We're going we're gonna to try every 30 seconds to get you to yeah. laugh, and one of these is going to work.
2: Well, it's, I, I kind of harken back to the Mel Brooks as probably the, the most uh, able predecessor to what they were doing they kind of oh, s- Python too, yeah, yeah. and they, they kind of took that vibe, but they just they went in a whole other direction. Uh, but Kentucky Fried Movie
0: is still one of my top favorites, just because it's so random. Mm. And just a yeah, point. I was I was yeah. going back over. I I didn't rewatch it, but I did like look up you know just the list of sketches, and I can watch the whole thing again in my mind. Yeah, yeah. in
1: your
2: mind, man. <laughs> but it's my my favorite one is still uh, Henry Gibson. Death is the number one killer in America today. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the little the kid corpse in every scene <laughs> like playing with his family. Yeah.
1: It's like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> Hello, I'm Henry Gibson, speaking to you on behalf of the United Appeal for the Dead. Although so far, there's no known treatment for death's crippling effects, still, everyone can acquaint himself with the three early warning signs of death. One, rigor mortis. Two... A rotting smell, three occasional drowsiness. I did see that one before I saw Airplane, and uh, I, I, I because my a friend of mine had a VCR. He was the cool kid in town who had the VCR, and he's like, "You got to watch this shit." And yeah, <laughs> I I uh, I saw it much younger than I should have. Oh yeah, I think
2: I think uh, I probably saw a Kentucky Fried Movie before I saw Airplane on like a, a late night HBO showing. Uh, wow, and. Mm-hmm. And when uh, Fistful
0: of Yen came on, I was just transfixed. I (laughs) just—I'm not sure I've ever actually stayed awake through the entire Kentucky Fried movie in one sitting. Like for some reason, I always fall asleep during Fistful of Yen. Uh Um, but I love the hell out of the zinc oxide and you sketch and Rex Kramer (laughs) (laughs) dangers. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) it's definitely not a politically correct uh,
2: movie by any means. Yeah but uh yeah Catholic High School
0: Girls in Trouble uh yeah it's good stuff but i think it was, was a, the shadow stevens wonderful world of sex yeah uh recording yeah so it's uh
2: it's definitely interesting to to see because it was also john landis's first feature uh so that was kind of where he started as well so it's a nice little uh nugget of uh of comedy ground zero there in the 70s
0: so I watched the commentary track to one of their later movies, Top Secret, and they were talking about Kentucky Fried movie, and they're all. first of all, their commentaries suck because all they do is laugh at their own jokes, but... Yeah, who um, would do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what bastards? <laughs>
1: but
0: all they had to say about John Landis was, well, we worked with John Landis on the Kentucky Fried movie, and that's when we realized that we had to direct our own stuff. Yeah. So, ouch. <laughs> but, uh...
2: Well, I like I, – I don't know. It's hard for me to pick now uh, between Airplane and Top Secret. I lean towards Top Secret.
0: Uh, me too. But I it's, really do. But I
2: think it's just because they crammed it from stem to stern with nothing but jokes, uh, and yeah. the majority of them land, which is just incredible to me uh, even to
1: this day. Um, the sight gags are great. I mean, I just I just watched it t- again today, f- and they do the thing where, uh, uh, where Val Kilmer's in the train, mm-hmm. and the train the- is pulling away, but then it turns out, no, yeah. the, he's sitting across from what's a, a train that looks like a train yeah, station, and it's pulling away. away. My
2: favorite thing, yeah. though, this is the one uh, that floors me every time, but I actually watched it, watched it kind of looking at the technique, uh, as it were. Uh, So in the beginning of the movie, when they're like the opening scene before you even get to skeet surfing, they've got the wide shot Mm -hmm. with the big hall and all the Nazis doing their thing. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, you've got that geography going and then they don't really do another like wide shot like that. That's very uh, just, you know deep focus and the whole thing. And then at the very end of the movie, it's the fucking phone in the front and then the wide, deep background, right. yeah. and then it's yeah. the giant phone. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they waited, they waited like 80-some-odd minutes to pay off that fucking setup. You guys
1: fucking yeah. rule. <laughs> um, you know what I just realized? I mean, I just realized we're talking about these, these guys who are brilliant uh, makers of sight gags, and we're going to talk about it on a podcast.
0: Yeah, I know. That's the beauty of it check us out. Well, both both Airplane and Top Secret and to a, to a lesser degree Police, squ- well, the Police Squad show, but maybe not the movies. Um, what they all did that I think has been lost in this kind of comedy is that they were very good at mining the depths of of our collective television rerun watching. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, they I mean I don't know, maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why I don't find their more, their more recent output as funny is just I didn't grow up in that context. But, but seeing these actors like Omar Sharif and Robert Stack and all these guys you know, playing more or less the same parts that they had played in other things shot on the same film stock you know, with a similar kind of score, it just very much felt like the, the serious stuff that we'd all been watching after yeah. school. Well, that's the genius of it. When they did Airplane, it was basically hiring all of these actors who were notable for
2: being, you know, uh, sort of stiff on screen. And then they basically instructed them, no, do not play this funny at all. You just play this entirely straight. And so they're selling all these ridiculous lines but it's coming out of these actors that you're like what what the fuck? I mean I, I guess Robert Stack was the was just like I don't know what the hell's going on. Like we're I'm having a scene with Roy Bridges and like like spears are flying into the wall and watermelons are falling onto the desk and the whole
1: nine yards. It's like so that's a, Which is what makes him perfect. Yeah. Unlike Leslie Nielsen, who eventually got the joke and then started, you know, doing that Leslie Nielsen face yeah. of, huh? This will be really funny if I look terribly confused. Yeah. What? And that starts in Naked, Naked Gun 2.
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And also, uh, Lloyd Bridges kind of did the same thing in Hot Shots. Hot Shots, yeah. yeah. But, uh, the, the, the funny thing about Airplane to
2: me, though, is that uh, I guess the... The Zaz team, as they are called in the uh, the Ethosphere, um, they just they the were looking the for ethosphere? stuff to write their sketches and things about. So they had an early uh, video cassette recorder, and they would just record TV all night, and then they go back yep. and watch the the tapes, and that's how they found Zero Hour, which is the movie mm-hmm. that Airplane <laughs> is uh, basically uh, line for line, shot for shot. Uh, to the point where they actually they literally bought the rights to zero hour for like 2500 bucks so they wouldn't get sued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they I just proceeded that. to to throw just everything in it. Uh I I edge out Top Secret over Airplane just because Airplane in the third act does tend to kind of run out a little bit of gas. Mm-hmm. Uh so it doesn't quite have the same oomph. Uh whereas Top Secret I mean they just they literally had to stop it. Uh because they just had nothing else to to give it, so it's kind of it edges. They,
1: I think they were married too much to the story, to the plot. They had to they had to move the story along yeah. and and end it somehow. Whereas Top Secret, it's like you you haven't been able to take any of this seriously the whole time, yeah. so it's okay if we wrap it however we want. <laughs>
2: but uh, but I love Top Secret because it still to this day has probably my favorite line from any other movies, and it's when they're in the the dinner. Uh, restaurant whatever and he's talking to mm-hmm. uh, val kilmer and, and and the woman hillary uh mm-hmm. and <laughs> she's like i know a little german oh he's he's sitting right over he's there, right over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's like a little midget german
0: <laughs> come on <laughs> so uh, uh, airplane i think the the entire approach to to making the that almost serious thing they do it right in the credits like at the at the very beginning of airplane the credits they've got the the couple bickering over whether the white zone or the red zone is for loading and unloading and the story goes that they auditioned several voice actors to do that and no one could get the the tone right so they actually hired a married couple who were the actual people who recorded those recordings for the lax airport nice so uh, uh. A, don't give me your shit about the white zone betty and that's, <laughs> that's like a married couple and the real people who did that the red zone is for immediate loading and unloading of passengers only there's no stopping in the white zone No, the white zone is for loading and unloading, and there is no stopping in the red zone. The red zone has always been for loading and unloading. There's never stopping in a white zone.
1: Don't tell me which zone is for stopping and which zone is for loading.
0: Listen, buddy. don't start off with your white zone shit again.
1: Oh, that must have been a trip to go to the airport during that time and hear those. (laughs) (laughs)
2: But, uh, yeah, it's chock full of, of good stuff. But it, it floors me because if you look at the uh, the top movies for 1980, uh, it came in number mm. f- number four. I mean that's insane. The thing made like almost eighty five million dollars, and they only shot it for like two or three.
1: Did Blues Brothers beat it?
2: Blues Brothers, no. Blues Brothers came in uh, like number ten.
0: 1980, you're uh. talking like Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, this. Well, here here's uh, here's V8 a list 1, just
2: right? in, in, just so you can kind of get a feel for it. But the top the top five. Uh, f- counting down uh, any which way you can the lovely Clint Eastwood yeah. monkey movie uh, Airplane uh, Stir Crazy was number 3 9 to 5 was number 2 and then Empire was number 1
0: that's a lot of comedy
2: I always thought that was- yeah and Private Benjamin mm-hmm. was in there uh, so yeah it's kind of a weird year so that's why when it came out when they did Top Secret in 84 uh it it pretty much tanked. I think that's why it's everybody considers it a cult classic now because it didn't really do much. I saw it in the theater, but uh, yeah, it didn't do much. But I mean, you got to think about that was up against you know Ghostbusters and Beverly Hills Cop and Gremlins and Karate Kid.
1: It was also really polarizing. If you think of like you know f- f- all those years after Airplane, anytime anyone would say, "Hey, let's watch this," you know, or it's the guys who made Airplane. It was always. I don't like slapstick. Ugh. I don't like that yeah. stuff. Or you were really into it. Yeah.
0: So, that was- I think of Airplane as like one of those seminal cable movies that was like always on HBO when cable first came out. Yeah. And Top Secret for me is a seminal VHS movie. Like I, I found that at the video store.
2: Well, didn't you have the record mm. too?
0: I did. Val Kilmer actually sang all oh, of those songs. Yeah. That's him <laughs> That's
2: crazy dude. And that was his first movie role too They cast him out of uh, I think he'd just gotten out of Juilliard or something uh, Yeah, he was
0: doing he was doing some uh, local theater yeah. And they cast him uh, so that's, Yeah, introducing Val Kilmer, ladies yeah. and gentlemen So Put that in your pipe and smoke it I'm pretty sure I could sing the entire Shop at Macy's version of <laughs> Are You Lonesome Tonight from memory right yeah. now um, <laughs> But you won't No
1: Is your lipstick all smeared Are your stockings not sheer Do they make your legs show off your hair Do the tears on your pillow
2: Roll down Uh, as you turn But going back over these, it was just weird to kind of see because I I watch them every now and then, at least the uh, at least the first three, Kentucky Fried Movie, Airplane, and Top Secret, uh, Naked Gun not so much, just because it hasn't aged well.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean they they start and it was mostly the show. If you've seen the show, the yeah. best gags are from the show, uh, which uh, they, it's basically those same gags just with a better budget. Yeah.
2: But it still is my that's probably my favorite side gag they do though, is from Police Squad slash Naked Gun. And it's they've got the very the the super tall guy that you never see his head because it's out of frame, uh, walking up to the desk, and he's just he's he's got a you banana. You got something just, in your teeth. Yeah, and and he's <laughs> eating in front of Drebman. Like you see, him, like looks like he's taking a bite of banana, and then Drebin's like, "Oh, hey, Ed, you got something on your your face there." And his hand goes up. He said, "No, no, other side." <laughs> his hand goes up, and then that big giant chunk of banana just goes thunk
0: right on the desk. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked the first naked gun I, I liked the show better as well um, and that's where Joe Dante got his earliest start it is he directed at least one episode all right so let's talk about let's talk about police squad the TV show of which only six episodes were made yeah um that I think I actually did see on TV at least the first couple of episodes I tried I don't I don't know um, the story behind it. I mean, they got cancelled so early they didn't even make a full season, right so yeah, they did anybody know the story there
2: They did six episodes uh and and it was on c b s uh and I think later there's a the exec at c b s uh they were asking him well why'd you cancel and he said, well uh you know you know in order for a show to be on the air, people actually have to watch it uh <laughs> So I think it was just a case of they did, probably didn't really know what they had on their hands, and so it just sort of uh, dwindled. I think they aired four episodes, and then pulled it, and then aired the other two sometime in the summer of '83. Yeah.
1: Uh, so again, polarizing. Yeah. Not something that everybody was into. So yeah, it was a tough one. But I,
2: just, my memory about that is when it came out uh, in the fall of '82, I guess, uh, and I'd I had seen the ads and it looked funny, and so I was really gung ho. And then that was when my mom was on a kick where uh, she was trying to monitor, quote-unquote, my uh, TV input. Uh, and and she just... That went so well. Yeah, and I told her I wanted to watch the show Police Squad, and she basically said that I wasn't going to watch anything violent on TV. <laughs> and, I,
1: and I think I laughed at her. I think I laughed at her. <laughs> well,
0: I mean... The special guest star would die before the credits were yeah, over. Right, the first so, episode. You know, it's, that's a this, violent show. Yeah,
2: this week's special guest, Lorne Green, and then he would roll out of the car with a knife in his stomach. But I love it because they did it was, just, <laughs> it was it was perfect. They got the guy that do the that did the Quinn Martin uh, narrative voiceovers, uh, and he did that. So that was to a T. Uh, but my my one of my favorite bits on that show is every time it started, and then the the episode title would come up on the screen and then the announcer would say something entirely different <laughs>
0: right <laughs> it's like you go um my favorite my favorite special guest bit on that they also had the the shoe shine guy that knew everything who was yeah. like the informant for everything and there was one of the later episodes dick clark uh, was was on that show and and so whatever drebin had been pumping the shoe shine guy for information and then after he leaves Dick Clark walks up to him and he's like, Hey Johnny, you got any more of that anti aging cream? And he gets gets <laughs> the scream just starts slathering all over his Dick Clark face. Ah, yeah. uh,
2: well my one of my favorite things about that though, that show, is they would do the guest star and then they would kill him. Uh, but apparently uh they did one with John Belushi, uh, right before he died. Oh no. And it's and it basically it's him <laughs> with weights around his ankle and he's like Underwater drowning, uh, uh, and they never, and they didn't air it because they, uh, they just thought it wouldn't work. So. You think? I mean, this is yeah. years later, and we're going no. So uh, Florence Henderson took his place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Florence Henderson, uh, who, let's face it, was a pale shadow of Barbara Billingsley in Airplane, Speaking yeah. jive. Yeah. Excuse me, stewardess. I speak <laughs> jive. Oh,
1: stewardess. I speak jive. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. I love it when she's walking off. Uh, what was it? What did she
2: say?
1: Uh, jump the uh, one and a half. half jump jump the get yeah. the hell. Say can't hang. Say seven up. ass fool you know, ain't got, got brains. no brains anyhow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, I especially like in airplane all of the weird jokes at the expense of children uh, that are really super creepy. Like I know Peter Graves had yeah. some reservations about his role, but I guess he uh, <laughs> decided to get over it because it's just uh, you're making pedophile jokes, dude. Awesome and it worked. <laughs> Mission Impossible, I think not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's the, that's uh, one of the ones like you walk around the, all the time if you talk about airplane. You like gladiator You phones? ever been in a cockpit
1: before? No, sir, I've never been up in a plane before. You ever seen a grown man naked? Uh, do you want me to check the weather, Clarence? No, why don't you take care of it? Joey, do you ever hang around the gymnasium? Good times. You like movies about gladiators? Let's see.
2: There was those... <laughs> But here, here's the other thing. Do you the the only three movies that those three directed together uh, were Airplane, Top Secret, and Ruthless People? Yeah, and they did not they did not write Ruthless People, but they directed it.
0: Right, I always forget about that. Let's talk Ruthless People. I that one I like Ruthless People. It is not at all that style of comedy. Oh, no. It's
2: super hardcore, big-time studio comedy. It's weird.
1: Yeah. I think it's one of those things that was done as part of a deal. Like, we'll let you do this if you do that. Could be. You know? Like, we'll test you. We want to see if you can do a real movie. Yeah. Uh, And I guess it
0: worked because Jerry Zucker went on to do uh,
2: Ghost. So it's kind of
0: odd to me. But, well, uh, yeah. Jim Abrams did big business a couple years later ugh, uh, again ugh. with Bette Midler and, and Lily Tomlin was in that as well so yeah. I oh, guess oh. Bette Midler liked him enough to do that yeah
2: but that was also the era when Bette Midler was doing what like outrageous fortune uh, right. down and out in Beverly Hills she was like always the very shrill, yeah. uh Bitch, for lack of a better.
1: I'm not. I'm bankable now. That's yeah. what. That's what it was. I'm no longer that that coke whore who, like, you know, is crazy. I'm. <laughs> I'm. I'm a bankable actress yeah. now. But
2: ruthless people, though, to me, it, I watched it. I don't know, a couple years ago again. I think it, it was. It was on cable, and I hadn't seen it forever. And uh, it's still reasonably funny. It holds up. But my favorite bits. There's the the scene where Danny DeVito takes the wrong number, and. Uh, yeah, He's like, he's like, oh, you want to talk to Debbie? Uh, hang on just a second. My dick's in her mouth. Would you like me to take <laughs> yeah. a message? It's like, holy shit. And he's laughing while he's doing it. And that's sort of uh, Danny DeVito's uh, persona to a T. Uh, but the other one that stands out is uh, the scene with Bill Pullman uh, stealing the... This may the, be the stupidest, the stupidest man alive. Yeah, this could very well be the stupidest person on the face of the earth. <laughs> I think we should shoot him. <laughs> that one always makes me laugh. Uh so yeah, that's a weird blip uh in their sort of 80s output Cause then they and then they went on to do Naked Gun uh and then I think they kind of splintered after that.
0: Yeah, well Naked Gun was the first one that was only directed by David Zucker. Yeah who uh, with the exception of hot shots is more or less the the he's the only one who really kept doing that style of of movie going it, forward. Yeah, he's the yeah. one that
2: didn't, he knew responsible for uh, some of the scary movie outputs. Yes.
1: Yeah. So uh yeah, fuck that guy. Um it's like one guy, one guy grew as an artist, one guy didn't and the third guy was just cash and checks. Yeah. Well, the thing with Naked Gun and the Hot Shots and whatnot, uh that's they brought
2: in uh, a writer from Police Squad, uh, I'm pretty sure is where he started, but Pat Proft. Uh, oh yeah, and he uh, did, yeah. and and that's another one where you can do a sidebar and just talk about influential '80s comedy because he did Police Academy, uh, Bachelor Party, Real Genius. Uh, it's just I was going over his his filmography and I was just I'm like ah, I f- totally forgot about this guy, and then I remember that he did he wrote uh, Moving Violations. You remember that one?
1: Moving violations. That was the one. Yeah, oh. it existed. Yeah,
2: that's the one with all of the losers in the uh, the driving school. Uh, and basically, yeah, it's like it's ca- the brother of Bill Murray yeah. and the brother of Stacey Keach. Yeah, it's basically cast and- with everybody, every funny man's uh, sibling, like notable people. Yeah. So it's basically it's a knockoff of a knockoff with knockoff actors. Uh, that one so always it's like yeah. police
0: acad- brother of police academy.
2: Yeah, like police academy's redheaded stepchild cousin. Um, yeah. So yeah, that one. Was they were weird.
1: shooting for that.
2: Um. So yeah, they they so they follow up with Pat prof and then they they make all of the
1: the dreck. I,
0: I didn't realize Pat Prof wrote Real Genius.
1: Yeah. And I another Val, that fucking an, movie. Another Val Kilmer. That's a movie that still stands up. We're I was talking about that with somebody the other day, and I was like. Yeah, that's that's still funny, you know. Can't can stop me. praying with yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, I I still This is Jesus. You know my status. dad? God <laughs>
0: uh, oh, good- Yeah, there's so many great lines you know, Can you hammer a four inch spike through a board with your penis? Well, not right now. <laughs> well the girl's gotta have her standards, you know. <laughs> uh
1: yeah. No, the, the the line I that I know we're not talking about Zucker Abram, Zucker anymore, but well, the, the, I always come back to with real genius the line, where his parents are coming uh, to campus the next day. Are you going to introduce me to your parents? No. Are you embarrassed? Yes. <laughs> of my parents. Oh, oh, okay. Well, and the best thing. Yeah. The best thing too is that they had the
2: the presence of mind to cast uh, the 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 jackass role. With uh, William Atherton, who basically made his bread and butter in that era as the the jackass. Uh, oh so, yeah. <laughs> so he was in. He was the the guy from Ghostbusters who wanted to shut down the the reactor. It was like him and the the guy that played uh, the principal from Breakfast Club. Uh, yeah, they like basically they were the the two go-to dickheads and then they were both in Die Hard as the, mm-hmm. the two dickheads and I thought when I watched Die Hard I thought that's the most brilliant bit of casting that I think I've seen in forever. <laughs>
0: so, Jeffrey Jones was the other dickhead. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Oh, the 80s. Good times. Yeah. <sighs>
0: not really.
1: That's pretty awful. But
2: uh but I was also thinking we were talking about the uh the the Zaz movies. Uh, but I was starting to think about all the other uh, movies that were either uh, like parodies and spoofs that were, were just as good if not better uh, of that era. or Like once, UHF? Well, I, UHF I'm going to put in sort of the sub-tier because it hasn't aged well. Uh, it's still funny and it's got good bits, but I don't really, I'm not drawn to it. Uh, like I am to some of them, uh, okay. But that does have my f- my favorite joke in that whole movie is the blind guy playing the Rubik's cube, and he like <laughs> moves it? it moves it once, and yeah, is this is, is this it. it? Is this is it. <laughs> no, uh, that might have been. <laughs> I the-
0: send I send that a link to a video of that to some of my coworkers when they're like trying to debug something and they're they're unable <laughs> to see the results of what they're doing. Uh, but it's yeah but I, I like it and the and you can kind of see the pedigree
2: because Weird Al is on record saying that Top Secret is probably one of his favorite movies of all time um, yeah. so I can kind of see what he's going for it's just that sort of throw, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks kind of thing because there's not a lot of flow <laughs> through
0: it's just but I think I think you've outlined why, I mean, like, why does UHF not age well and Top Secret does? And I think some of that just has to do with the fact that in Top Secret, you don't necessarily have to get all the references. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, they're doing World War II and they're doing Elvis, but honestly,
1: it's just a funny movie on its own merits. Yeah. Whereas UHF... Maybe that's it, because it was done sort of period, and so it's not like they were doing something in their current time, and then the current time goes away, and so nothing makes sense. It's a World War Two movie, kind of set in the sixties, Yeah. and the references are supposed to be dated, and they're they're thinking of it that way when they're writing yeah. it. By the way, I just I
0: have to throw this out: uh, a lot of the German is actually Yiddish in Top Secret. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's all throwaway stuff too. That's what's good. Um, okay. So you were trying to talk about similar movies of of the era. Yeah. So there's UHF, uh, obviously. Uh,
2: and I honestly don't remember which joke in there uh, I think we touched on this before where Eric uh, was in the theater and uh, laughed so hard that he kicked the guy in front of us in the head
1: um, I think it was Badgers We Don't Need No Stinking Badgers We Don't Need No Stinking badgers? badgers Badgers? We Don't Need No Stinking Badgers Yeah
0: I yeah. mean it's got it great wasn't, <laughs> It wasn't Wheel of Fish and the. St- <laughs> yeah.
1: or Spatula You're City spatula City. spatula City <laughs> Spatula City Spatula <laughs> City <laughs> There's just one place to go for all your spatula needs. Spatula City! Spatula City!
2: I mean, it's got a lot of good bits. It really does. Let's drink all the uh, fire
0: hose! Somehow we're quoting UHF more than airplane here. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Airplane? What is it? It's a movie,
2: but that's not important right now. (laughs) Boom, boom. Okay. So I like. So yeah, UHF. Um, Then there's. we won't really even talk about Airplane 2, because that was just... That wasn't a Zazz movie. No, they refused to do it. Because basically, I think I think one of Really? Them, I think one of them basically described it uh, as, uh, so say your daughter grows up to be a hooker. You're not going to go watch her work. That was what he said.
1: <laughs> wow, I didn't know that wasn't... Uh, I didn't know that. No, this
2: is the weird bit of tidbit. The guy that made Airplane 2 is also the guy that made
1: Grease 2. He wrote that. Uh, that makes so, sense. Ed, fuck that, that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> He's a cool writer. <laughs>
2: oh, shut up. Um, do it for your country. Hey. Oh,
1: um, so no. there's that.
2: So we won't really talk about that. But uh, I know I'd kind of forgotten. But it came out uh, later in '84 after Top Secret uh, was Johnny Dangerously. Uh, yeah. And that one kind of holds up. I can still sort of watch it. Um, mostly for piscopo, um
0: but that one yeah. that one's definitely I keep trying to throw references to the you shouldn't whatever you know my mother did that once, yeah, joke, and like no one gets the reference like that movie has <laughs> <laughs> it's it's more culty than top secret i think I uh, guess. i did I not think it would be I thought it was a big deal, but oh, I don't do know i know i I think yeah. Uh I don't know maybe I'm mis
2: misremembering this but I feel like uh Eric and I like driving around at some point and just started like fucking ice holes bastages
1: you fucking sneaky bastage I'm gonna take you to work I'm gonna nail it to the wall I'm gonna crush your boils in a meat grinder I'm gonna cut off your arms I'm gonna shove them up your ice There they summon the my own club <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I think that Johnny Dangerously is not well remembered because it was th- okay. Uh, Michael Keaton does uh, Night Shift, which is you know uh, uh, it's not a it's not a big deal, but it's funny and people remember him as being hilarious in that movie. Then Mr. Mom, which is a big deal, and then Johnny Dangerously, which is not, not. and then Gung Ho. So it's like this this thing that's bookended by all these huge successes, and it's looked at as that that dopey thing nobody saw yeah. well, but was actually good.
2: Well, I think it was also just there was a lot of fatigue for that kind of thing at some some rate uh through that era. But again, 84 that was just a weird year because there were so many comedies that are considered classics now, but it's I think they just got lost mm-hmm. in the shuffle.
0: Uh, I think if I'm honest with myself, and, and Johnny Dangerously had to have been well, no, it could have been 84. I don't remember. But it might have been 85. It came out anyway. like end, end of uh, 84, like December ish I think I think one of the reasons it stuck out more for me because I was I was in peak Dr. Demento and Weird Al mode at that point yeah and Weird Al did the theme song for the Johnny Dangerously movie yeah Um so so I think that had my attention so God I, I'm lame I, I knew you would bring that up that's right
1: I'm the king number one I buy monogram clean eggs by the tongue. I pay the bills I call the shots I grease the palms I buy the yacht one thing And, and 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 he also did the theme for Spy Hard, which uh, was not a Zucker, Abram Zucker movie, but had Leslie Nielsen, who was in Zucker, Abram Zucker. I got us back on the expressway, guys. Boom. Well. Boom. Boom. boom.
0: Well, Luckily, yeah. Luckily, I was not in my Weird Al phase by the time of Spy Hard, so yeah. I ignored it entirely. Well,
2: I think where I kind of <laughs> I kind of capped
0: out on the Zucker thing was, uh, was Hot Shots. I think
2: might have been the last one I saw in the theater. Uh, yeah. Well, it's really the last
1: of that ilk of yeah. that era I think. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that first Hot Shots uh again because there was stuff in there I didn't see coming. You know, it's like the last of their original ideas were in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Plus Top Gun is just so I, I, mockable. See, what's her what's her name the, go, the 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 woman who's in that? They oh, uh, it, there's a, a scene in a bar where he's playing the piano and she's singing. And I god damn it, it's this, these are the moments I think are the funniest because she just walks up to him with the mic and as she's swinging the mic up to her face, clocks a guy in the head who goes flying over a table <laughs> and it's such a dumb physical gag, but it's so goddamn funny. I don't remember what happened for the next two minutes because I yeah. kept, kept laughing. <laughs> well, the, Why does everybody call me dead meat? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah well, I made the mistake
2: of seeing that in the, the theater uh, like a week after I had all my wisdom teeth removed. And uh mm-hmm. and I think I was dealing with the early stages of dry socket, so I like had my molar packed with like uh gauze and it really, really fucking hurt to smile and like a dumbass <laughs> I saw hot shots and I came out of there and I literally felt like I was gonna die. I thought my head was just gonna cave in on itself. Uh so it was like comedy <laughs> and dentistry. Yeah. All rolled into one. Yeah. It was awful. But so fun. Uh and then uh and I was working Blockbuster when Part 2 had come out, and so we kept seeing trailers for that, and there's that weird bit with the the chicken on the, right. the bow and arrow Rambo thing that they're yeah. doing, and I think by then it was sort of, it had run its course.
1: Yeah. Uh, and the, Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of that movie was just to show us that Charlie Sheen had muscles.
0: So I don't know that we gave the naked gun its due. I think the first naked gun, yes, it pulled a lot of jokes from the Police Squad show, but... Come on, that was a funny yeah. fucking movie. But, but they, were- they had me rolling, even with the credit sequence, with, with the gags they do with the little police siren. <laughs> well, and by the end, it's like going down the roller coaster and you know through people's houses <laughs> and shit.
2: Yeah, the one that uh, <laughs> that gets me on that one. Uh, I think it was the first time. I mean, they had done it a little bit in the the earlier movies, uh, but when they're having fun with the uh, the credits, the end credits. Uh, and they kind oh, of just yeah. toss him in, but then you get to the, the bit where it's the clapper loader, focus loader, clapper puller, puller clapper, clapper clapper, flipper flapper. <laughs> and then it's like, what the hell am I reading? Uh,
0: so that one always makes me laugh. This space for rent, I think, shows up in the top secret. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it's fun.
2: But, uh, yeah, it's got yeah. its moments, but I think the standout line from that one is is always going to be...
0: Uh, nice beaver
1: nice beaver
2: thank you i just had
0: it stuffed Uh, the thing about naked gun is if you watch it now it's just really hard to watch any scenes with oj simpson yeah well, it almost—it no, almost turns into sort of meta humor at that point because it's like basically yeah. he spends the whole movie getting the living shit kicked out of him, and that well, kind he's of like, dressed in head to toe in black with a stocking <laughs> cap, and he's like, yeah, and then he, <laughs> the <head of> the <laughs> and then him. he,
2: yeah, and then he proceeds to go through the scene where instead of them all shooting him, uh, which they do, but then he's like, hand on the the oven, ah, wet paint, cracked in the head, <laughs> slammed. Him. I mean, it, it's almost like a weird karmic uh,
1: <laughs> thing, yeah. Uh, so it kind of works. In retrospect, frankly. Don't you feel kind of bad, though, that somebody killed his wife? <laughs> I mean... Poor nerd Is there no sympathy? Just can't catch the break. Uh,
2: <laughs> thanks, Eric. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm thinking... But I was also thinking of all just, like, Especially in the 80s, all of the uh, the influential uh, movies that came out that were basically inspired by the airplane shenanigans and things. Um not a well, good you one. You tried
0: to bring up Amazon Women on yeah, the Moon. Yeah, it's
2: not a good one, but it, it has some moments, but it's basically almost uh, like an 80s
1: redux of Kentucky Fried movie. Um, and I believe that's John Landis again, isn't it? It was like uh, eight, was eight different directors. They yeah. all did little
2: vignettes. So, yeah, there's. I think Griffin Dunn even did a, a, a bit on it. Uh, but my favorite bit in that movie is when uh, Ed Begley Jr. is the Invisible, or the son of the Invisible Man, and, and he's like, he's basically you—you you can't see me. And He's stripping off, but he's still totally there. <laughs> he like strips down to his nether bits, uh, and is totally oblivious to it. It's a good one.
1: Uh,
2: so yeah, that one I don't—it doesn't hold up though. It's sort of eh. Um,
1: but that was around the same time that Hollywood. I think a lot of these. A lot of these don't though because they uh, unless you manage to forget what you saw, it's like if you know it's coming, it's like oh yeah that was well thought out, yeah. but it, it's not actually f- as funny as it was. Yeah.
2: Well, for me the like the strongest ones that aren't the Zucker movies of that era, um, like I really like I'm gonna get you sucker. Uh, I think that one is oh yeah is well okay. done, uh, especially when you get Chris Rock's uh, golden moment
1: with uh how much yeah how is, but just rib. Can you make a hundred? <laughs> I think that was less than 60 seconds of screen time, and it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's, the it's basically the most memorable part of the movie. Yeah, it's the
2: comedic version of Alec Baldwin in Glengarry Glen Ross. Uh, yeah. It's like all you remember. So that one's good, uh, but especially if you have already seen, like, Superfly and uh Jim Brown movies and whatnot. So it's I good. I
0: getting that movie mixed up with Hollywood Shuffle. Hollywood Shuffle's good. Uh
2: I haven't seen it in forever, but... uh that one's, that one's again more like the Kentucky Fried movie vein where they throw a lot of stuff at it. But uh I always like that one. Tommy You killed my brother <laughs> <laughs> He was my only brother. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fun. But the the fact that Robert Townsend like paid for that thing on credit uh and then managed yeah, to turn that's... around is amazing to me. And then later he made Meteor Man. And I really just lost all goodwill. So,
0: yeah, suck it, yeah, Robert. but it's—I mean, in that respect, he really was one of the pioneers of '90s indie, indie cinema, right? Like you know, Kevin Smith yeah, yeah. and Tarantino get a lot of credit for that. But Robert Townsend, once again, the white people taking <laughs> the black people's credit. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, so yeah, so that's a good one. But
2: the one, the one from the the '80s that uh, that I love, 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 love that is not the Zuckers, Abram Zucker thing, uh, is Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid with Steve Martin. Yeah. I love, 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 love that movie so much. Uh, and I I can't even go beyond anything more than that. Uh, it's so much fun. But it's it's, to- the-
0: it's totally different
2: from the Zucker aesthetic, though. That's what's funny.
0: See I I I think I'm thinking in my head is that the one where the crowd goes murmur mur, or is that is that man with two brains I can't remember Oh you, no the man with two brains is the one with Dr. Hafar. Mm.
2: Yeah I think I'm thinking of man or, with two brains or Mel
1: Mahe. Yeah
2: No Demon mm-hmm. Don't Reply is the one where he and Carl Reiner uh spoofed the Nor Gangster Noir. flicks of the yeah, f-
1: yeah. And they kept including like clips from old, old movies, yeah, they and making them respond to things. It was basically like a national lampoon album, where they, you know, they they they, they respond to things that yeah. aren't there. So they
2: just took scenes from all these classic gangster movies and then wrote their story around that. But the best part is they got Edith Head to do all the costumes uh, before she died. Uh, after they'd finished the movie, and she had done costumes on pretty much all of the movies that they were lifting from and so it was this seamless flow through of uh, of Steve <laughs> Martin uh, you know going toe to toe with Burt Lancaster and whatnot, not uh, and it's just nice. fun but it's Friends of Carlotta but it's got the whole scene with him like cleaning woman cleaning woman and like strangling Rachel <laughs> Ward uh, so nobody's probably going to know anything about that movie but damn it it's funny
1: yeah all right. So at this point, I don't think to we're I don't this. think we're gonna double our listenership with this episode. That's <laughs> oh, what yeah. I'm no, well, I, hey. I know how to pick them. Right? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a- here's the thing though. This one's gonna have so many quotes in it from all the one-liners. So <laughs> right. It, it might come out okay in the edit. Uh, how do you like um, your coffee?
2: Black, like my men. Like my like my men. Yes. <laughs> what do you have to
0: drink? I'll have a black Russian. <laughs> no. But um. um <laughs> So I'm just going to list off a bunch of other associated movies. Um, this will be the speed round because most of these we won't care much about. So we've talked about Ghost already being the first yeah. serious movie, um, and then didn't they did, and we talked about it as parody, much as it deserves. Yeah, but didn't they parody Ghost in the Hot Shots or Hot they Shots do? Yeah,
1: and I think I, always, I no, was no, no, it was Naked Gun. Was it? Oh, you're right. It was the trailer for yeah. Naked Gun Two and a Half. Yeah. When they make the from, from the, the brother bro- of, of the, the director, director of, Ghost. of Ghost, yeah. Now, from the brother of the director of Ghost, oh,
0: yeah. God, I am. I'd forgotten all about that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, no, the, the Welcome Home, Roxy Carmichael. I guess was a, who cares. Oh, um, I care because that was when I was full on in my uh,
2: Winona Ryder crushing phase when I was like nineteen. Yeah, it was pretty uh, gross. So that's why
0: I went we that. were
1: we were all kind of concerned yeah.
0: yeah I guess that's that's fair We <laughs> you, you gotta give it up for a writer. yeah uh, Naked Gun 2 Hot Shots Hot Shots Do, and then we get into movies I some of which I don't even fucking know for goodness sake that was the next one from David Zucker who was gonna yeah. go on to do most of the scary stuff <laughs> which there. I have
2: I have two very weirdly mm. apocryphal stories about him as well that I'm gonna get to so
0: <laughs> remind me <laughs> what what the fuck was for goodness sake I I don't remember that one at all. Okay, who cares?
1: Um, uh, the film originally included O.J. Simpson, but Simpson was edited out of later showings after he was charged with murder. <laughs> to nice. the Wikipedia! Uh, <laughs> for goodness sake, it's a short comedy. Oh, it's a short. That's why you never saw it. It's a short. Uh, uh, radio talk show host and released in comic vignettes. Oh, bunch of ass. Who cares? All right.
0: First Night was directed by um the serious Zucker Jerry. Yeah. Fucking Richard yeah. Gere.
2: Richard Gere is fucking Lancelot. Give me a uh, Oh Jesus. Connery <laughs> as King Arthur. Oh uh, all I remember from that movie is there's some weird obstacle course thing that they put Richard Gere through uh for something. Uh, I don't remember anything. Oh
1: and God damn it. And it is another one of the films in the um the, the the Julia Ormond canon where she's a useless bitch. I mean, in the '90s, she was in all sorts of movies where like dudes were just destroying themselves over her. And I'm like, her? Wasn't she in the Sabrina remake? Yep. Oh God, yeah. Okay. Useless bitch. God damn yep. it. And uh, also uh, Legends of the Fall. Oh, Brad Pitt being moody. It's, it's like always good. All sorts of movies where where dudes are <laughs> knocking their brains out over this girl. <laughs> Well, she's French. She's no Juliette Binoche, but whatever. But how do you get that same part every time? I get that there aren't many parts for women, but to get something quite that specific uh, every fucking
2: time. Yeah, that's the Leslie Nielsen school of
0: 90s acting. <laughs> yes. So as we get into the late 90s, uh, Abrams does a TV movie with Meryl Streep. Ooh. Called tell me First more. Do no harm. That's literally like all I know about it. Um. But then the next year, he his the, sort of the last one he did a, in the style of of for which he is known was Jane Austen's Mafia exclamation point.
2: Yeah, I remember that oh, one hitting the no. video stores, and even then, I knew it was a big piece of poop.
1: Yeah, I think
2: Dom DeLuise was in that one.
1: Um, Jay Moore, Lloyd Bridges, Olympia Dukakis, Christina Applegate.
0: Oh. <sighs> I remember Christina Applegate was in the trailer. I also remember I did not care at all. Well, that yeah. just proves I, I I didn't
1: I knew nothing of it until you just mentioned it.
0: <laughs> Same year, David Zucker did do one more good movie, and that was Basketball with the South Park with the uh, Matt Park. Yeah, Trey I saw Parker it. I, Stone.
2: I don't really remember it much, but uh, I always thought it was weird that that Parker and Stone did a movie, but they didn't have anything to do with it other than acting in it, which I thought was.
1: Odd. Yeah. But that was around the same time as that uh that, that was it was it he was a Mormon who was doing porn? That was a. Was that was, that that was an orgasmo, yeah. Well yeah, I mean I'm wondering if they did the one to fund the other. Again, it's, I I I think a lot of these it's possible. these things where you can't quite get it, it's almost always about funding, you know, a good movie. Yeah. It's like um Gary Oldman in Air Force One. Why did you do this movie? Because well, I was making a movie I liked. <laughs> But I think South Park existed by the time of yeah. Basketball. good South
2: South Park had already been it around did.
0: for about three years, uh, and was not hurting. So Yeah. yeah. I don't know. They did do at least one one good side gag in in basketball where um it was about uh laying carpet and Jenny McCarthy and it was made it look like they cut to a sex scene and then she's actually like trying to lay carpet and stretch it out in the corners. <laughs> Um, uh, again, uh,
2: we're focusing way too much on the visual gags of all these movies <laughs> in a fucking podcast. <laughs> it's how you make a good podcast. <laughs> I think what we should do is just, we should drop in the sound from the visual gags uh, sure. just so people can get a feel for it. Because uh, that's all about tonal <laughs> geography. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> uh, 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 uh.
2: That's two rooms done where those corners are tricky.
0: So then in 2001 um we get one more movie from Jerry Zucker which is Rat Race. Oh, and I fucking I fucking hate that another movie. Another with- Mad 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 World and Scavenger Hunt. Cuz I love it's a Mad 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 World. I love Scavenger Hunt. Scavenger Hunt is fucking hilarious. Ah, that one's tough. I I watched that as a kid.
2: But uh it's a mad, 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 mad world uh, I love, because that's basically Stanley Kramer, yeah. the man who did epics of his era. Somebody basically bet him that he couldn't make a comedy, and so what does he do? He, he casts it up, and then he makes uh, like this giant Cinerama uh, 70 millimeter comedy. I mean that
1: just that yeah. makes me laugh every with, time with parts in there that you they're just just I mean psych acts are one thing but these are like violent stunts that are so funny <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, like, jo- like 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 Buddy Hackett flying a plane through a billboard when I saw that I I, I, I nearly actually shit myself I love yeah when that was just too when Jonathan
2: Winters loses his shit and he's fighting the two gas attendants and they literally just destroy this brand spanking new gas station in the middle of nowhere it's
1: yeah like with well, this is so. <laughs> It's so fun. Uh, or what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. It's it's an actor I know. I, I normally know his name, but uh, I'm coming, Mama. I'm coming. He's driving like 90 miles an hour through the desert.
2: Yeah, it's a. Uh, oh God. He's in the producers. Uh, he did a bunch of shit. Yeah, I always forget his name, but then when I see
0: him, Zero Mustel.
1: No. no, it's not Zero Mustel. No, younger then. Yeah, uh, but anyway.
2: Uh, it'll come to me. Keep rolling. We'll we'll think of yeah. it. All
0: right. Well, we're pretty much at the point where it's all just um, David scary Zucker movies. and scary movie and his American Carol thing. Yeah, which, no. Yeah, no. Ugh. Yeah, no.
1: That's that's the low point. I would like to get to the idea that he he not only went right wing, but he went unfunny right wing. Like somehow, you know what the problem is? It, it isn't that's the the left is always right. It's that they just have better writers. I'm gonna try and make a, a you know right wing version of the Daily Show, and then uh, it just doesn't work. Well, so. Yeah, and that's well, was, I think it
0: was specifically taking on Michael Moore and had like Chris Farley's brother,
1: right? Ugh, ugh. Yeah, and and what's his name? That 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 fool from uh, Fox News who just got fired, Bill O'Reilly. Oh, was he in it? Was in it? Yeah, it's got like oh, well. every
0: every right wing. You know, it's got like Kelsey Grammer and, and John Voight in it. You so, know, it's like... Oh God, was it like the was the subtitle uh, "Killing Capra"?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a a worthy one. I'd pay to see that. Would you? Would you really?
0: Killing Capra? <laughs> Killing Capra? Wouldn't you? Maybe. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about Scary Movie. I mean, the first two Scary Movies were Wayans Brothers Joints. Yeah. Right. They, then they and just, they at
2: some point, just dropped
0: out of those things, right? Yeah. Like, so just disappeared. Zucker Takes Over with Scary Movie 3. Yeah. And I, I took the time... To- I didn't watch the whole thing, but I, like, went to YouTube and I'm like, show me the funny scenes from Scary Movies 3 and 4. <laughs> and, you know... So I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, you know, a lot of the gags are very similar to what was going on in in their earlier work, but it just wasn't landing for me. So I couldn't figure out if it was the budget or the context or uh, if it was just tired or the timing was off, but something just didn't work. Uh, it maybe just boiled down and it wasn't funny. Yeah, Could it might be. have been
2: that. Uh, but yeah anytime those were were coming out I just I sh- I stayed away uh like the plague cuz it
1: just and and also if you're going to spoof something you have to spoof something that's current that you don't have to research or that you're not already tired of cuz scary movie came out you know on the heels of scream so it kind of made sense yeah. but scary movie 4 at that point you're going no we just want your cash we really don't care about what we're doing yeah. and there there weren't any actual horror movies that were big deals. To which I say, Dick Sean. Dick
2: Sean is the name of the
0: actor. Yes, Dick Sean. There you go. Okay. I'm coming, mama! I don't think so. Okay. Anyway, I feel like we've, much like their career in the scary movies, uh, we've pretty much petered out and come to a screeching halt. Well, here's the thing, though. This is what I love about the Zucker Abram Zucker fellas is their commitment,
2: at least early on is their commitment to the joke and they, as much as it seems like a frenetically paced thing that they do in the good ones, like Top Secret and Airplane, uh, they're all very carefully orchestrated and the like I say in the Top Gun bit I mean, they are not afraid to draw out the payoff and so I I yeah. read this, it, it seems apocryphal to me, but it's a story about David Zucker uh, like late 80s early 90s Uh, in New York at the Saratoga racetrack had uh, purchased a horse to race uh, and he named it All Pink and then he instructed the jockey not to win but to just ride it on the rail the entire race Uh, just so at some point during the race that the announcer would have to say and it's all pink on the inside (laughs) (laughs) and apparently it took him like four horses over like five years, and it was like sixty grand uh, to pull that joke <laughs> off. <laughs> oh! And I read that, and I I I laughed out loud. I thought that was just hilarious. I think he was also the same one that he bought a car, uh, and <laughs> on the license plate he called he put Bob's MG, and it wasn't an MG. It was some obviously not an MG car. Just so if anybody pulled up to him and saw that they would tell him that's not an M.G. and he'd say yeah I'm not Bob. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a lot so, of good work putting yeah. jokes in the background yeah, yeah, too. There's a whole so uh, you know listener if you can imagine a whole bunch of funny jokes have been happening behind us as we've been talking the whole time. And yeah that's, that's my, very much yeah. a Zucker Brothers thing. Yeah,
2: my favorite ones are when they actually make you realize that you're actually watching the movie. Like in Top Secret, when he's looking through binoculars at the field of cows, and then at one point oh. they start walking over the... Yeah, the blackout. <laughs> that was trippy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <So> it's, it's, <laughs> that one, that's a good one. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, well, they're fun movies. Yeah, they Jim? are, and I, I just want to let yeah. you know
0: we're all counting on you. Oh, thanks. Thanks.
1: You ever seen a grown man naked? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh, enough. This is Okay, so go tell your friends to listen to this podcast so we can get sponsors, because I don't want to work anymore. Yeah. I, I just I just want to make money from sponsors like uh uh Blue Apron and you keep um, saying blue apron. mattress companies. <laughs> and isn't it Blue Apron? Yeah.
0: It's Blue Apron and the Casper mattress. It's they, blue apron. They sponsor every podcast imaginable. Do they?
2: Cuz out of the yeah, 3 of yeah. us, I'm
0: the one that doesn't really listen to podcasts. So,
1: uh yeah, it shows. But anyway, I hope that everybody does start listening and like like, you know, getting us money. Hey, so I've I've told three <laughs> friends and they'll tell three friends and so on, so on. And, so and so on, so on <laughs> and so on and so on. Fuck.
0: How silly
1: Okay, that's been episode
0: nine of the Magnificently Huge podcast. If you want to tell three friends, tell them to go hit us up on Twitter at MagHuge or at Gmail at MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. Hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you next week.